Today is the epiphany, and in many parts of the world, like uh, parts of Latin America and uh, Puerto Rico, right? This is the big, big celebration of Christmas. This is the day of parades and family gatherings and gift giving. In literature, an epiphany is that moment when the character suddenly sees things in a new way or with new clarity. Usually, that character has made some mistakes before reaching that epiphany moment. Now, the people who are sort of the stars, and I use that word as a joke, the stars of our gospel passage today, the Persian astrologers, um, they're only in 12 verses of the Bible. But I'd like to think that they have something of a story arc themselves. They've traveled hundreds of miles because this star indicated the Jews had a new king. And it seemed they presumed that this new king would be born in a palace. A presumption that, if you know how the story ends up going, unintentionally puts the king, this newborn king, in danger. But then something happens to these astrologers. Perhaps an epiphany of their own, causing them to understand more about this newborn king. In this new year, let us pray that we will have epiphanies of our own coming to more fully understand how Christ is our king. Surely, when the Magi came to Israel to worship the newborn king, they did not intend for the king's family to suddenly be forced to become refugees in Egypt, or for all the boys in the town of Bethlehem under the age of two to be slaughtered. But it happened because they went to see Herod. Most of us have made mistakes that cause people great harm without intending to cause those things to happen. We've caused damage that we cannot repair. At this time of the year, I always think of a woman that I worked with in one of my engineering jobs. And one day I made a comment to the management about her. It wasn't anything bad. It wasn't something that she had done wrong or I had done wrong. But she was fired because of that comment I made. She lost her livelihood because of me, and there was nothing I could do about it. I still regret it to this day. We all make mistakes. We've heard a lot this past year about Thomas Merton. Thomas Merton was born in 1915, so last year was the 100th anniversary of his birth. And when Pope Francis addressed the Congress, he talked about four Americans, Abraham Lincoln, Martin Luther King Jr., Dorothy Day, and Thomas Merton. And we know a lot about Thomas Merton because he wrote about 70 books, including one of the best-selling autobiographies of the 20th century called The Seven-Story Mountain. And in that, he talks about how dark his life was at the age of 18. He tells us that he didn't believe in God and he was not doing the most holy things, but he doesn't go into a whole lot of detail, but because he became so famous, people have done a lot of research. And what we know is at the age of 18, he fathered a child and abandoned the mother. But we've never been able to identify who those people are. We all make mistakes. We all cause damage. The Magi traveled a great distance to pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews, but it's not exactly clear why they came. Did they come for religious reasons? Did they understand that the newborn king of the Jews was God? 
did they come for political reasons? Did they think that this king someday would be powerful, and so they thought they'd just get in good with the family early on by giving gold, frankincense, and myrrh so that maybe he could do a favor for them later? Or did they travel for the glamour of the adventure? Uh, yesterday I was at uh, the maximum security part of the prison and Bob Denny of All Saints Parish was with me and he said maybe it was the equivalent of saying to their wives, honey, we're firing up the Harleys and we won't be home for dinner. <laughs> Whatever the reasons, I think their reasons changed after they met with King Herod. Now, if you read what Matthew writes, it's not what you've been told in all the movies. What it says is that a star rose when Jesus was born. It did not say that it was leading them to Jerusalem. But after they saw Herod, this star did something that no star has ever done. I don't know about you, I've never given directions to my house by what star the house is under. This star became something of a spotlight and pointed directly to the place where Jesus was. And when they saw Jesus, right after that, they had a dream. A dream telling them to disobey the king. And they followed that dream. Now, this feast is called the Epiphany because it's the first time that we have people who are not Jewish recognizing Jesus as a king. But I think the Magi had their own epiphany. I suppose that the Magi did return home, which would have been probably modern-day Iran. That's worth thinking about. They probably did not become Christians or Jews. But I'd like to think they were changed. You know how there are people you meet who just exude holiness and joy and peace? I'd like to think that's what these Magi became. And that anybody who met them for the rest of their lives, they were imbued with a sense of the wonder in creation and wonder in the creator. Now Thomas Merton, because he wrote so much, we know a lot about the epiphanies of his life. We all have epiphanies in our lives from time to time. But most of us don't have a historic marker somewhere marking where we have one. If you go to downtown Louisville, to the corner of 4th and Walnut, you will find one from a day in December of 1958, when Merton suddenly was overwhelmed with the realization that I loved all these people shining like the sun. That was the moment that Thomas Merton first felt the call to get involved with social justice. He also got involved with interreligious dialogue. He was one of the first Westerners to travel to Asia to talk with the Dalai Lama and the Japanese writer Suzuki and the Vietnamese monk Thich Nhat Hanh. We all have friends and neighbors and co-workers and sometimes even close relatives who belong to other organized religions. We know people who are agnostic, maybe even a few atheists. We know a lot of people who are apathetic about organized religion or consider themselves spiritual, but not religious. Epiphany is a great day to pray for those people. Because we have this story that God worked through Persian astrologers. Something to keep in mind. When we talk with atheists, agnostics, apathetic Christians, and people of other faiths, we must treat them with respect. We have to remember that like the Magi, and Thomas Merton, 
our actions may have unintended consequences. If we're going to talk to people with an idea that we're right and they're wrong, they're not going to recognize the love of God. They're going to remember our criticism. So as we begin the year 2016, I pray that each of us will have some epiphanies this year. Moments of growing in understanding how God is present in our lives, and moments in growing in understanding how God invites us to better serve the gospel. I'd like to close this homily with one of my favorite prayers. It will be the main focus of our RCIA retreat day in about 13 days. We'll see a few of you there, and some of you, it's great to see you back. You know this prayer too. It happens to be by Thomas Merton. My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think that I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore will I trust you always, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Amen. We don't all have miraculous stars to guide us, nor do we need to have them. God is with us. Emmanuel has come and has ransomed us who were captives.